Welcome to All Passion and No Patience. I'm your host, Carl Price. You can consider me a mental health professional who likes to connect with others through transformative conversation. I appreciate for your tuning in and listening as we unravel the confines of limitations, explore different perspectives, and discover new possibilities. Hopefully, you hear something here that inspires you, that motivates you to take action and get one step closer to your ideal version of self. Today's guest is Kelly. Kelly is agreeing to join us, stepping away from her busy life as a mom, a wife, an attorney, and a self-proclaimed Peloton enthusiast. She also says that she's an avid paper planner. She dabbles in creative pursuits such as drawing and writing and maintains a small Etsy sticker shop called Kelly with a Plan. Kelly, thank you for joining. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. How do you feel today? Uh, I feel pretty good. Um, the day that we're recording, it's New Year's Eve. And in the planner world, that's a New Year's Eve is a big, big day. It's where we finalize and close the chapter on the previous year. We do all our reflection and you know, we really start, we go hard on, on New Year's Day. So, and equally important, 2024 New Year's Day is on a Monday. So that's like the stars aligning for paper planners like myself, especially if you have a Monday start. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you hold that to be something special for paper planners. I, I understand the reasoning behind that. Um, and I appreciate you mentioning the fact that 2024 starts on a Monday. In my job as a mental health professional, I always get on my folks about this arbitrary need for perfection. Me getting closer to the ideal version of self has to depend on the start of a week, on the first, next month, when I get that paycheck, come January, New Year's, etc. I can only do the thing when this perfect convergence happens and now utopia exists. I am now motivated and inspired to become a better version of myself. What does that sentiment do to you hearing it? So it's funny you say that because I've actually, uh, in the past few years, I've moved, really moved away from the idea of starting on Monday, starting on the first, starting on in January, whatever. And I've really moved more into the question of what can I do right now? What can I do today? Um, <clears throat> and so while I'm excited about the fact that the whole entire year is starting on a Monday, I'm really excited for it just for the aesthetics of it in my actual planner. Um, and of course, there's always uh, there's that funny meme that it's like, you know, what do we want? Diet and exercise. When do we want it? Monday. Well, today's Monday. Next Monday, right? <laughs> so, um, so the the reason that it brings me a little bit of joy is because with the start of the year starting on Monday, it's almost like this. What excuse do you have not to start? You know now, right? <laughs> like, like now it's all it's Monday. It's the first. It's the first of the year. So it's all of the things that say, if you're going to start something, start something. But the funny thing is, is that this year, I actually, I actually don't have a whole lot of things to start. 
it's for me right now, I'm mostly in continuance. So all of the habits that I set for myself in the past this year and last year and the year before, it's like building on that and continu- continuing on that. So while I do have some 2024 goals, um, fitness and personal and otherwise, they're all things that I've kind of already started working towards. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a continuation and being a little bit more intentional on hitting those milestones towards those goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that's special. When you were talking, I was thinking, oh yeah, because it is the first, it is Monday. What's going to be your excuse now to not do the thing that's going to get you one step closer to your ideal version of self? And you were saying that this year is different because you're working to sustain the things that you've already started. How do you keep that going? Even when motivation, it's a fleeting resource. You know, at the end of the day, we all have decision fatigue. This is why Whataburger and Krispy Kreme donuts and whatever this this fast food sign is on your way home, it looks great. You know, you started out that morning. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my intermittent fasting. Today's gonna be a keto day for me. When I get home, I'm gonna do the thing. But at the end of it, we don't have that same level of motivation. How do you keep it going? So it's funny that you say motivation <clears throat> and say that it's a a finite resource, I actually think that motivation is overrated. And I used to focus so much on it. And I read a really good book called The Motivation Myth a couple years ago that kind of changed how I thought about motivation. And and yes, the the motivation is fun. And as a planner, I will tell you that, you know, part of the joy is in the picturing the goal, right? Envisioning the goal, seeing myself on the finish line, seeing myself with the book written, seeing whatever the thing is, right? But that excitement will only take you so far. Mm. And and so at the end of the day, the motivation isn't going to be the thing that carries you. What's going to carry you is the discipline. Mm. And so to avoid that motivation, I'm sorry, that decision fatigue that you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's you have to you have to take the guesswork out of things take the decision making out mm. it's just a non-negotiable that i'm going to walk every day mm-hmm. or that i'm going to move my body in some way every day mm-hmm. um for me my minimum is 20 minutes mm-hmm. and and that's not to say that i i'm not one of those no rest day people i i'm not that i think that rest and recovery is an important part of any fitness journey and that you have to take it just as seriously as you take the work but that being said, it means that on Sunday, if that's my rest day, I'm just going to take a leisurely walk for 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. 20 minutes is typically my my minimum. Mm-hmm. And and so you talk about the, the no excuses. Because I'm a Peloton enthusiast, I've got all of the equipment in the garage. Mm-hmm. And so at the bare minimum, I will walk on my treadmill mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. If I somehow made it through the day, and didn't do anything. And I'm typically a, a lunch bunch workout person. Mm-hmm. I primarily work from home. I really like to take my lunch hour to go out and get my my stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like to take live classes in the evening mm-hmm. or in the morning mm-hmm. if, if there's a live class that I want to take. But sometimes the day gets away from me. I get busy at work. Um, I end up working through my lunch hour. And next thing I know, it's 
you know, then, then the kid comes home. I got to get dinner on the table, then make sure she's done her homework. And then I'm, you know, watching suits with my husband. Mm-hmm. And, and the next thing I know, it's eight o'clock and I haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. And so my no excuses is at the bare minimum, I'm going to go walk. Yeah, I'm listening to you and I'm shaking my head. No, not in disagreeance, but you're saying non-negotiable and bare minimum. Some of the things I run into that are difficulties and barriers and limitations with my clients when they're dealing with whatever the experience is, addiction, grief, starting the thing, making a change, I explain it to them that it's a values, identity issue. And so you're saying words like non-negotiable and bare minimum. It sounds like you took those things and made them high priority values for you. And I'm wondering, were they always high priority values? And when did the identity shift for you? So that's a great question. And I will say that absolutely not were they always high priority values for me. Uh, In my young 20s, especially, I was almost completely sedentary. I was a very young mom. Um, I had twins when I was 16 years old. Prior to getting pregnant, I weighed about, and and for people who are listening who weight is a touchy subject, I'm going to talk about weight and weight loss and and issues of that nature. Um, I I weighed like 125. I'm 5'2", weighed 145 prior to getting pregnant as a teenager. And I gained 80 pounds during that pregnancy. But the irony is that as we sit here and talk today, I weigh 10 pounds more than I did when I gave, when I had my twin birth 26 years ago. And what the doctors all told me is like, oh, you're going to bounce right back. But what nobody ever told me at 16, and because I wasn't an athlete, I wasn't active. Nobody ever told me that you have to be active for your body to quote unquote bounce back. Mm -hmm. And so I had, um, I had about a year where I was really, really active and, um, had lost probably about, you know, 20, 30 pounds, um, in my young twenties, but I had access to a gym that was like in walking distance of my dorm. And I went every day and I also, (laughs) was in walking distance of a dance club, like a nightclub. And I would go every night and go dance for like two hours because it was free to get in. I would just go dance for two hours. And then as like it started to get crowded, I would leave and go back to my dorm. Um, I did that for like the whole year. And so I was really, really the most active I had ever been in my life at that point. But then I moved back home and I was in a place where the nearest gym was either too expensive for me, a college student at the time, Mm -hmm. or the one that I had access to at my college, I was a commuter. I couldn't, I wasn't able to commute to the, to the gym each day. I I was working, I was going to school, I was being a mom. Um, And so at that same time, I also got really active in like the online Harry Potter fandom, (laughs) which is always a little embarrassing to say out loud. Yeah, you're a nerd. I, I am. And, uh, and so there was a lot of time spent at the computer, a a lot of time. And so, and I did not eat right at all. Um, looking back, it was just terribly, almost disordered eating patterns. And so my weight 
you know, really got really high. Um, it wasn't until probably about 2011 when I started to say maybe like enough. Um, it, it was time to make a change. And I'll say that it took really until 2020 before it became a habit mm-hmm. to to get up and move every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And and ironically, the thing that I had to do to take it from the realm of motivation to move mm-hmm. and, and get it to the place of discipline or a high priority value mm-hmm. was I actually had to divorce it from weight loss. Mm-hmm. I, in the past, all of my movement was for the main goal of losing weight and i'm not knocking anybody that that is their their main goal mm-hmm. um but what that meant was that i did things to my body that were not the healthiest um but because it was in pursuit of weight loss sure it was applauded sure. right um and so I actually had to start focusing on what are the things that exercise does for me that doesn't have anything to do with weight. Mm-hmm. And we have Alzheimer's and Parkinson's that runs on in my family mm-hmm. and cancer and all kinds of other things. And the best research that I've seen mm-hmm. says that our 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 best way to prevent those things mm-hmm. is exercise. And so I don't want to lose control of my limbs and of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to I'm going to take my ass out and run. I'm going to pause you right there, because in my world, we would call that psychoeducation. Learning about the thing is what prompted me to make this change and get on the path of becoming the ideal version of self. However, education isn't always the thing because i'm going to make an assumption here that you were pretty well knowledgeable that healthy lifestyle healthy living is the thing to do for all the right reasons yeah absolutely so there's a saying and i'm sure that you've heard it that the best exercise is the one you'll do And so for me, the thing that changed in 2020 was not only divorcing exercise from weight loss Mm -hmm. and and doing it for the other reasons, Mm -hmm. but the key was that I found something I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the year that I joined Peloton, Mm -hmm. Um, you Mm -hmm. know, March, 2020 gym shut down. Mm -hmm. My friend was like, Hey, I've got a code so you can come try a Peloton app for mm-hmm. 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time my 90 days were done, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm all in. Can I ask a question? You just said that this thing was happening, that being 2020? Yes. We all know around yes. the world that COVID was going on and it affected everyone on some level and we're still feeling the repercussions of that but i'm i'm just gonna hold it there on covid being a factor a perfect storm right if you will and i'm wondering about the other elements of that storm for you in the 
arena of addiction. They would say, some folks suggest, uh, AA, so on and so forth, would offer that rock bottom is a thing that creates epiphany and moments of clarity for people. And I'm wondering, was this your version of a rock bottom? Not that you were so troubled during this time, but that it just happened to be all the right ingredients at the right time for you. So yes and no. No, not a rock bottom, because I had literally just finished a full marathon. So I was actually riding kind of high on the idea that like I can do hard things, mm -hmm. right? So I had just accomplished what in my mind and what at the time was literally the hardest thing I had ever done. But it was that perfect storm moment because not only was it COVID and the shutdown happening in mid-March, but my mom was diagnosed with uterine cancer at mm -hmm. that same time. Mm -hmm. And so it was like that realization that, oh, I'm I'm going through some hard shit right now mm -hmm. and the world is shut down mm -hmm. and um, I've struggled with depression and anxiety in the past. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I knew <laughs> was like with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, one of the best tools in the toolbox to deal with that mm -hmm is exercise. Mm -hmm. And so it was that perfect storm in the sense that I knew I needed an outlet. And here was this app and this platform that not only had anything I could possibly want to do, mm -hmm. but it also had these instructors in my ear telling me like <laughs> these positive affirmations mm -hmm. <laughs> during it. And mm -hmm. so I not only felt like, oh, I just ran two miles at the fastest pace I've run it. But I also was like told in my ear while I'm doing it, you can do hard things. Mm -hmm. You've survived 100% of your worst days. Mm -hmm keep your crown on, like just mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. things, these mantras. Mm -hmm. And I just really <laughs> drank the Kool-Aid, <laughs> but, but also felt it on a really fundamental level that I, I believe this mm -hmm. and, um, and it was so positive and uplifting mm -hmm. that I, at some point, and, and I think the switch happened at some point in 2020. The switch happened because I found myself craving that time. And so that started in 2020. And then in, in late 2021, and then when my mom passed in early 2022, I found myself needing that 30 minutes where I just didn't have to be sad. If I didn't want to, I could put on one of these instructors. My favorite is Maddie Majacomo, and I would put him on and he would literally feel like 30 minutes of sunshine breaking through the clouds. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was like, at, you asked when did that shift happen? Mm -hmm. 
and it was some it like it's how do you how do you put the tack in and say it was this date right but it was definitely in that time frame yeah um you and i were having a conversation recently and i was describing to you a moment where my cousin was telling me i told him years ago um we're probably in our early 20s and i made the statement that comfort is a prison and that being habits that being the current identity of the things we hold as valuable even if they're causing us the current misery even if they're causing us pain the meth usage the gambling the infidelity whatever the the current miserable existence is it's habitual it's something that we value even if we don't want it and we always resort back to the devil we know because it's comfortable and i suggest that the future version of self making the change that's the true misery because how am i not going to smoke these cigarettes every time i quit smoking i gain 10 pounds I use meth because it helps me focus. It makes sex better. I drink alcohol because I lost my father, who was my best friend. I eat these unhealthy foods because, hell, they taste good. And it's actually cheaper for me to buy this stuff than to purchase the healthy stuff. And nobody wants to eat rabbit food. I want to live my life. We're all going to die anyway. And so we rationalize and justify our poor values and the current miserable existence because to change that would be too difficult and so i'm going to remain in this comfort that keeps me in a prison how did you keep the new values sustainable and not resort to the comfort that you had known up to that point that's a good question Because, and I don't really, I probably have to talk, like, think out loud to answer it. Because it's, because the comfort started to feel like a prison. And I think I became aware of the bars in a way that I hadn't been before. Mm. And I think that once you see the comfort for what it is, mm it just doesn't feel so comfortable anymore. I don't know. I don't know, Kelly. I, I sit in my office and in my chair and people sit on my couch and they tell me all the time, I want to stop smoking meth. It makes me paranoid. I've lost my teeth. I want to stop abusing porn because I can't connect emotionally definitely not sexually and, and sensually with my partner because the porn is robbing me of that. My self-esteem, my identity is deteriorated because of this poor value and this bad behavior. I see the bars of this prison that I'm putting myself in, but I can't seem to find the key or I know that the key exists and I can't put it into the lock, unlock it, walk out of the bars, and stay out. High levels of recidivism. Right. right. Everybody returns back, right, to the values and the habits and the comfort. I guess 
to be fair, you're like most humans, and it's it's hard to be superwoman all the time. How do you deal then? I, the assumption is you relapse like everyone else. How do you make the relapse shorten to just be a lapse and you move back into taking action again, getting closer to that ideal version of self? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think it's, for me, there's two main things. One, you've got to find your people. Whether that is a a group or a person or, but you've got to find your, your team, your squad, your crew, whoever that is. And I have a great group of Peloton friends that uh, I've, now known you know for over a year but mostly this year we became very very close and it's just such an uplifting and strengthening group it's and if you want to join it's called the strength squad and you can find them on instagram but plug plug (laughs) um but when i have those days where i don't feel like doing anything they're there to tell me like take an active rest, go stretch, go do a yoga, go, go take a leisurely walk. Um, listen to your body, but also on Monday we're starting our new program and get your ass on, you know? So, so there's that right mixture for me of pushing me and holding me accountable and also encouraging me in a gentle way. Cause I don't respond well to the Jillian, uh, what is her name? Jillian, the one from the biggest loser. Mm-hmm. I don't respond well to, to that type of motivation, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. I respond much better to a gentler hand. And so that's that right balance for me. So that's the number one thing for me is find your people. And so having that group and wanting to get on the same class as them and high five them and whatever, that is a big thing that helps me on days that I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, oh, now I forgot what I was going to say. No I lost worries. My train of thought. You spoke to something that I, I speak to my clients about all the time. When we're working on change, which is a very difficult task. And for some people, the idea of it can become daunting. I tell them, hey, we can make this easy. Break this goal down into a plan, break the plan down into actionable steps and make the steps so simple that it's something we can do right now. As we opened up this conversation, waiting for the bullshit, arbitrary, perfect moment and this utopic nirvana where there are are unicorns and puppy dog tails and, you know, bubbles everywhere. Do something now. It doesn't matter how small. So you were talking about the accountability piece, accountable to something, someone, some, some ones outside of self. Good. The other thing that I lean on with my people is, so accountability being one and boundaries and the boundaries have to be aligned with the values of our ideal version of self, not the current values that are keeping us in this prison that we're living right. the current miserable existence. So as you were speaking, it the second thing that I had came to me, you had asked, how do I keep the relapses shorter, right? And and it's going back to the thing we opened with. You don't wait for Monday. 
So if I have a day where I don't do anything, I'm just a couch potato. I've, I haven't moved at all. I've eaten terrible. I, and when I say I've eaten terrible, I mean like I, I feel bad. I, you know, it's just been a bad day. It's not about, oh, well now everything's, now everything's blown. Everything's ruined. I'll start again on Monday. It's not even I'll start again tomorrow. It's I'm going to start now with the next meal, the next step, the next hour, the next whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I now again, I'm talking about going from a sedentary lifestyle to an active lifestyle. So my setbacks and my relapses, so to speak, are not on the same level as people who are suffering from like addiction. Right. And I'm not trying to say that, oh, it should be that easy for them as well, right? But the mindset that, oh, I've I've messed up, so now I might as well just keep eating this entire bag of Doritos. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I had too many Doritos. Now my tummy feels overly full. Put away the Doritos mm-hmm. and go for a walk because mm-hmm. that might, not because I need to earn my calories, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mm-hmm but because the movement will help my digestion and mm-hmm. I will feel less bloated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's about not extending the the relapse. Like just, just cut it, not wait till tomorrow and start over again. Mm-hmm. What can I do right now mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to start over again? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I do through Peloton is some meditation classes. And one of the things I've learned is that when you're trying to do a meditation and mm-hmm. you come out of it or you find yourself wandering because mm-hmm. of course you do, mm-hmm. you simply start again. And that's the thing. You simply start again now, not tomorrow, not next week. Now. You've mentioned them so much. You need to be on retainer for that company and that brand. Uh, I'm curious to know about your other motivations besides that company. Okay. Or for you, is that the end all be all? Um, obviously it's a big part of my life, but no, it's not the only thing that I'm involved in. Um, I also do some writing. I do some artwork. I do goal setting and in my, my paper planner and I do some things in the online planner community because all of that is just feels like an extension of the Harry Potter fandom that I did early 2000s. But um, but yeah, so I have definitely other pursuits um, and with activity that just happens to be the main the main focus um, right now, right now. Yeah. Um, but I do have. Uh, I do have some goals uh, for 2024 that I'm pretty excited about. Um, some of which will involve <laughs> my my Peloton time, and some of which won't. Um, like I want to be able to do a pull up, uh, and and just one. I just want to be able to do one pull up. And so I have been looking at like what are the muscles that I need to start training to do a pull up, and how can I work in like those each day um 
And one of the other things I want to do is be able to do push-ups on my toes. <laughs> and so I have like a goal to like scaffold that. And so start with trying to do one and then improving my range of motion on the one. And, and so just those different things. And then the biggest one for 2024 is to run a half marathon. I've completed three half marathons and a full marathon, but two of those halves and the full, I walked. They were walking uh, events for me. So I haven't run a half marathon since 2014. So it'll be 10 years later. And my goal is to, to run it. And I might do a walk plus run method. But my point is, is that there will be running. Uh, whereas the last two ones were only walking. There was no running involved. Mm -hmm. um, but I, due to some injuries and just having surgery, I'm kind of starting over from scratch. And so I will spend the first part of the year focusing on uh, my strength and then getting that base run like back where I can just go out and run three miles and not have it be a big deal thing, which is where I want to get to as my base. And then once we get closer to the fall, then I'll start a, a more serious training, training program for the half marathon. Sure. Putting this all together and recapping everything you told me, I would like to offer to our listeners that they don't have to wait for a rock bottom. They don't have to wait for motivation. They don't have to wait for inspiration. The key is to do something and to do it right now. The difficulty is to get up and do it again and again and again and again. Whatever the motivation that they have in the moment, use it. But it's going to be a fleeting and it is a finite resource. And that's okay if your new motivation switches to something else. Whatever it takes, the extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, the external factors, the internal beliefs, whatever it is, do something that's going to get you closer to your ideal version of self but you don't have to wait for the perfect thing to happen. And relapse happens as well. Just make the time shorter so that it's just a lapse and do what you know to do. Make it easy, bite-size, a walk-run, as you suggested, just to get the thing done. Because after you do your walk-run, you walk, you did something, how will you feel about yourself? Way better than when you started. You never, you never regret doing a workout. I don't know about that one. I've definitely <laughs> regret doing a workout. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I suppose there's a number of ways you might, but you know, it's like you talk about make it easy, so it's like take the guesswork out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, if it is something like going from not not doing anything to to movement, um, set your clothes out the night before. Hell, if they're comfortable enough, sleep in them. Mm. Keep your, your tennis shoes right by you. Um, this is what works for you. This is what works for me. What works, you know, and, and in the past, when I was starting, mm -hmm. I would sleep in my workout clothes. Mm -hmm. I'd keep my, my shoes right next to the bed mm -hmm. so that all I had to do is swing my feet over and, mm -hmm. and put the shoe on mm -hmm. and then go out mm -hmm. to do the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because 
half the work was already done. I was already in the clothes. I was already in the uniform. Mm-hmm. I was the shoes were already on. And the mm-hmm. other thing I did was the the ten minute rule. Mm-hmm. When I didn't want to do it, I would tell myself just do it for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Just do it for ten minutes. Once mm-hmm. you hit ten minutes, you're allowed to go home. Mm-hmm. And usually, once I got to the ten minutes, I was feeling fine, and I kept on going for the thirty minutes that I had planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would tell myself it was okay if I didn't. And you do those things enough times. You take the guesswork out, you make it easy, and you celebrate your small wins. Mm-hmm. I did my 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I did my 30 minutes. I mm-hmm. feel great because of whatever. You celebrate those small wins, and eventually you do it over and over again where you're no longer faking it till you make it. Like It just really is a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. At the end of 2020, when I looked back at all of the the activity I had done, I was like, oh, wow, that's the most active I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. But it felt like a fluke Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, because of all the worries, because of the things that I was doing, the the boring self-care that I was doing Mm -hmm. to just survive this crazy world, right? Mm -hmm. But by the end of 2021, it had been even more than it had been the year before. And, but it still didn't feel real. Mm it still felt like, oh, it's because I put so much effort into it. But by the end of 2022 and definitely by the end of this year, now it's like, this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. And so this th- it's not a light switch. It's a gradual thing. And one day you wake up and you realize that this is who you, that this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done it so many times that it's just a part of you. Mm-hmm. And so you just keep showing up. Question. And this will be the last one. Okay. It's just a part of you. It's just who I am. Well, who are you? <laughs> I'm Kelly. <laughs> um, I'm Kelly and... And I'm sunshine for other people too. We're going to cap it there. I appreciate you joining. Thank you all for tuning in to All Passion, No Patience. Hopefully you found something inspiring, motivational, and you decide that today is the day. Now is the time for you to take action to get closer to your ideal version of self. Look forward to you tuning in next time. Take care and Happy New Year.